Greetings. I thought it would be profitable to create this message, and I could be wrong. I just want you to know that. About the lessons that I've learned um, as a result of what I call this so-called controversy regarding Alistair Begg. My, my position has not changed. I, I am not disappointed in Pastor Begg at all, but I'm very disappointed in our response um, very much so. And so what I want to share is just some of the things that I've learned um, as I as I listen and um, and pray and think about it all. The first thing I've learned is we're more sure of ourselves and not our facts. We're more sure of ourselves and not our facts. In other words, we're not listening. We're not listening to what Pastor Vague is actually saying. We keep doubling down and saying things that aren't actually true. And we're even expounding on those things. A lot of speculation all around this matter that Pastor Alistair Begg um, gave some extraordinary advice to a grandmother, which I'll revisit again at the end of this at the end of this message. So we're way too sure of ourselves and not our facts that we're not taking in the whole of the message that we're not listening that we're guilty of a, we have a narrative we have a position and that we're just searching facts to support that position very disappointing indeed so um here's what i think is being greatly overlooked We're dealing with theoretical versus the personal. So, for example, let's say there was a pastor who said, Christians, you should go to all, and I'm going to call them um, gay ceremonies, not weddings, okay, but gay ceremonies. That, in other words, by the state's eyes, as far as the state is concerned, two people of the same sex have become married in the state's eyes. And so a pastor says, all Christians, as a meant to express love, should attend such ceremonies. And I would say, absolutely not. No, it requires much thought and consideration. Because there are many scriptures that warn us not to practice in such things. So we're not to practice, we're not to commend them, we're not to, you know, we're, um, the Bible warns us about practicing in sin in order to get better at it, inventing new ways of sinning, boasting in sin, and all the rest of it. So if somebody was to say, you know, all Christians should go to all gay ceremonies such as this, I would say, oh my goodness, it requires far more thought and consideration because um, you, you'll, definitely, you'll definitely find yourself dis- displeasing God and grieving the Spirit of God. And then you have those that say, Christian, you shall never, because it's not circumstantial, you should never, ever attend such a ceremony. And I can't go that far. Because what it's overlooking is what is the diagnosis of the individual? What what is the gospel purpose in going? There has to be a divine intent. Just like I was sharing with you, and there are people really quick, these are different things, you know, and even I got criticized that you shouldn't go into bars and 
clubs and uh, and casinos because I gave the story how I was searching for a, a loved one. And then it also came to my mind how I was searching for another person I care about. And I went to uh, drug houses to get this person. Very dangerous. And so these are the extents. And these, and these are people who do not want to be helped, by the way. They do not want to be helped. Not at that time. But, uh, but I had a but I have a subversive intent, and that's my biblical argument, right? Where this world is under Satan's authority, and Christians were subversive, meaning that we're trying to undermine the authority of Satan. That's what I mean by that. We're lawbreakers in terms of the way Satan looks at it. We're turning the world upside down. So I would I would take issue with either of the pastor because you have to ask yourself, well, what is the true spiritual state, and how can you best help this soul? So I'll give you an example. Um, I was a fool as a young man, and I was getting married to my wife, and we've been married uh, many years now. And um, uh, an uh, elderly woman came to me at my workplace and said, uh, listen, John, um, I want to talk to you privately. And we went in the back warehouse, and she said, I'm not going to your wedding, and I want you to know why. And she basically said, it's because you're a fool, and you're going to destroy this young girl's life. You're a fool and you're going to destroy this young girl's life. Do you hear me? I remember her saying that. Do you hear me? So here's a rebuke. And she had every right to say that to me. Okay. Now other people took in a different approach of providing support, love, and were very much more compassionate in their criticism. But both were immensely helpful to getting Tammy and I on solid ground and um, and helping us come to faith in Christ and so that we could um, so that we can uh, uh, you know uh, have a healthy loving uh, marriage all of these years let alone come to faith in Christ so my point being is um, you have to diagnose the situation and say well what's necessary if you're always a hammer, you're, or if you view yourself as a hammer, you're going to see every problem as a nail. So you see throughout Scripture where there are times where our Lord and Apostle Paul, as an example, are very winsome. I was hearing criticism about Alistair Begg and Tim Keller being too winsome, and you know we've given too much ground. And, and I understand why there are Christians who are very concerned because things are unraveling. You know, another thing that I've learned is that young people have a high level of anxiety, at least a third, view themselves as having poor to fair uh, mental health. Um, depending on what survey you look at, 20 to 28% of young people view themselves as either being bisexual, gay, um, lesbian, transgender, queer, and such. So there's, there's great experimentation with uh, with sexual perversion. Um People are becoming very disagreeable, um, in, and again, particularly young people, even more so, uh, where their managers are saying, yeah, I would prefer not to work with these young people. So things are unraveling, is my point. Um, anxiety, again, um, is, is, is greatly high. So the question then is, wow, what these are serious issues. We're living in Rome. These are pagan issues, and, and each individual... The spiritual diagnosis, you got to get to the to the root of the problem 
before you can come up with a cure. And that's why we don't want to make grandiose comments. Um, like you should always go or you should never go as an example. You have to get to the root. And what are you trying to accomplish? How are you trying to help the soul advance God's kingdom and overthrow Satan's kingdom? How, as a Christian, how are you trying to do that? In good conscience. It requires much thought and care. So these are the things that I've learned from this. And so to go back to it, um, and here's the other thing I learned too. Like I said, um, uh, if Alistair Begg was wrong in giving this specific advice, well, then there's people like Pastor Sinclair Ferguson who can advise him. And I said that Pastor Sinclair Ferguson and Alistair Begg are very close friends. Well, I attend First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina, where Pastor Sinclair Ferguson uh, ministered for many years. And then it was Pastor Derek Thomas. That's when we joined the church. And then Pastor Thomas recently uh, retired. And now it's uh, Pastor Stewart uh, from Ireland. And in our Sunday school class, which I think all Sunday school classes are taught by elders. There's a, one exception, I think, but they're all taught by elders. And um, the elder teaching Sunday school class on the book of James said last Sunday, now listen, um, what I'm sharing with you comes from other people. Okay, not a surprise. And it's a commentary by Pastor Sinclair Ferguson, and it's the preaching of Alistair Begg. And I'm telling you that up front because I know Alistair Begg has been under fire a lot, but I'm just telling you where where um, what I'm conveying to you, the two men that it's coming from. And he also pointed out that Pastor Sinclair Ferguson and Alistair Begg were, guess what? We're best of friends. And so this elder, I'm just pointing out, would know far more than I would. So my point is, if Alistair Begg, in this particular advice, happens to be wrong, well, people like Pastor Sarah Claire Ferguson can talk to him about it. So my whole point is, all again, I'll say it again, the, all these podcasts and canceling them from a radio station and all the rest of it, um, what I say is shame on us. Shame on us for such a, a gross overreaction. Now, if you want to say, you know, family radio want to say, you know, yeah, we're really kind of concerned about this advice. And but we've talked to um, Pastor Begg's team, or we've talked to Pastor Begg, and his doctrine hasn't changed at all. And we know what he's preached for all of these years. And also shame on those that would uh, come. I'm not going to repeat them, but all the speculation that I'm hearing, all the speculation. Now anything can end up becoming true, I suppose. I mean, there was a pastor out of um, who I, I drove my family hours to hear preach. And I've listened to his sermons here recently, and he fell into sexual sin, and he, he has broken my heart. This minister has broken my heart. So anything could happen, but there is no absolutely no evidence that Pastor Beg or the elders of Parkside have some fallen into some immense sin. You know, I, I don't see Parkside holding, um, you know, uh, homosexual weddings or, or, or proclaiming such things at all. Not at all. So it, it, we're just, it's just uh, shame on us. Shame on us for gross speculation, I guess is my point. So so what, is, what are the facts? The facts are a grandmother contacted Pastor Bay because she hasn't given up on this grandchild. That's a fact. The facts are that this grandchild knows the grandmother's position. That's a fact. The fact is this grandchild rejects Christ, rejects the Bible, rejects God, wants nothing to do with him. That's a fact. In a, in a sense, that's a blessing because 
the, at least the grandchild is not confused on where they stand in relationship to God. It would be much more complicated if the grandchild thought that they were a Christian in the and 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 getting married a gay wedding in a Christian marriage, okay, like you know in a Christian type setting is what I'm trying to say. But there is no such case. So grandmother hasn't given up. Grandmother's made their position clear. The grandchild has made um, th- their position clear, okay. And the grandmother has a gospel intent, a subversive act, by putting the Bible in the grandchild's hands once again, knowing that God gets to make his decisions and this grandchild is making uh, their decisions and that God, uh, through his grace and mercy, can penetrate the darkness of anyone's heart. And there are verses such as this where when God, like in Luke 6, where God is telling us in the scripture, telling us that we are to love our enemies. And there's verses such as this. Um, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and, and the evil. Our Lord is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. So I'm not suggesting that we should be foolish. I'm not suggesting we should do anything that grieves God. I I see that scripture as well as I see in Romans 1 about not commending sin, right? Is it Romans 1, um, see if I can get to it real quick. Romans 1, 31, is it? Oh, yes, it's right here. Here we go, it is. R- Romans 32. Though they know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So we don't want to give approval to sin. We don't want to participate in sin. We don't want to commend it, which also, again, leads to facts. Like people are um, are drawing up in their imagination, oh, a, uh, let's just call it a gay couple are getting married in, a, in this ceremony, and it looks like a Christian wedding. Um, in this particular case, there's no evidence of that. So this might be done at a courthouse, as an example. So in other words, my point is, I don't think anybody's asking does, you know, if there's anyone who um, has any reason that this marriage should not go forward, you know, speak now or forever, hold your peace. Those kind of words are not being said in this kind of setting. I doubt it very highly. So my point being is that, um, uh, is that we, we have to get to the root of the problem in order to come to the cure of the problem. And so in this particular case, Pastor Biggs' advice might very well be sound because of the, of, you know, context matters, nuance matters, meaning that what is the true spiritual state? And the grandmother, while not liking this, says, there are things going on within my grandchild's life that I must walk this dark road with them. You hear what I just said? There are things going on within my grandchild's life. I'm not going to speculate, but things are going on with my grandfather's life that just says, I'm not giving up on them. I can't tell you why. I just, God has impressed this upon me and I'm going to keep hunting them down. I'm going to keep after them. It's what Charles Spurgeon, the fam- and maybe I'm going to end it here. It's what Charles Spurgeon said um, if people are determined to go to hell, trip them. Trip them up. Make them fall. They want to head towards the cliff, trip them. Don't let them get there. Tackle them. 
Do what you got to do. So what I'm saying is, Christian, as we think about these things, we don't want to go beyond what the scriptures teach. We don't want to fall short. We want the whole counsel of God. We don't want to ignore some verses you know, while embracing others you know, to support our position. And we should have a sense of humility. And in Pastor Begg's case, what I know is decades of sound preaching, of sound teaching, and this is how we're going to treat him? Something is wrong with us. Something is really wrong. We owe Pastor Begg, in my view, an apology for overreacting. Even if, like, there are people, he's already said within the staff, who would have made a different recommendation. So these matters, these spiritual matters, are complicated. And as I said, they're going to get more complicated because young people are experimenting a lot. There's a lot of sexual perversion. We've sexualized everything. And as Calvin has said, it is Satan who wants to uh, have us act like animals. Calvin said, yeah, yes, it's Satan who wants us to act like animals. So those are my two quotes that I'm going to, or maybe three points I'm going to end with. Christian, whole counsel of God. Be subversive in the sense you're over, over um, uh, undermining the authority of Satan. Get to the root spiritual cause before you jump to a solution, regardless of what it is. Um, understand the risk of things, right? When we look at the whole counsel of God, and we definitely want to be in God's will. In other words, you know, a fusion of talents and, and task. Uh, recognize that, um, just like you see in the Bible, um, unusual, extraordinary things sometimes require extraordinary measures. And um, uh, and then Calvin's warning about not wanting, you know, helping this world not become like animals. We are made in the image of God. And then Charles Spurgeon's quote, hey, uh, tackle them, trip them. If they're determined to destroy themselves, do whatever you can um, to prevent them from doing that is the point. But I think the actual quote is, if they're running to hell, trip them, trip them. And and that's where I'm going to end it. Um, I don't plan on um, discussing this matter anymore. Uh, I hope this uh, some of the lessons that I've learned as I think about it uh, with some uh, spiritual help. And again, I, I fully admit I could be wrong by doing this third message. Because, And what I mean by that is I, I don't mean to cause more agitation. Like, like, I'm disappointed, as an example, that my first message about Pastor Big, you know, is like has like 4,000 views, which is the most message I've created that has the most views. Like, the, the lecture by the brother on the evangelistic preaching of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, that deserves like 40,000 views. Um, or or uh, the lost sermon by the doctor, or Ian Murray's examination of the doctor's ministry, or Alistair Begg's sermon on the cross. You know, the, you know th these are the things that should excel. But, um, uh, 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 but I trust God into these things. So again, um, for those that hold a different view, um, I understand you're disappointed in me and strongly disagree. Um, you know, I've heard the, uh, you know, I've read the criticisms and all the rest, and um, and I'm equally, equally disappointed in you. And I think we should be ashamed of ourselves for the way we reacted. And I and I stand with that. And uh, God help me, but I'm 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 um, I have peace in that in that position. Well, until next time, grace upon grace be with you all.